Hey, I show six o'clock, so if we're online, we'll go ahead and get started and call tonight's meeting to order. Um, are there any changes or adjustments to the agenda? There are a couple. Um, the item where we're going to do the honorary diploma, we're going to pull that out. It maybe already is, but it'll be a bone action item. And then one of those SBRC uh, claims, it's a zero. I just include them all, so I always have them, so we don't need to actually act on that one because we're not going to be able to get a spending on No, no. There aren't any other questions that entertain a motion to approve? So moved. Second. Motion and a second to approve the agenda. All of those in favor? Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Move on to the Pledge of Allegiance. through Iowa Rural Innovations Grant for a feasibility study for future use possibilities for the middle school. So um, she said that she has all the information she just needs to get to Jeff. If the board's okay with that, we'll take that over. That'd be a good idea. Mm -hmm. Jeff, if you need anything from us, please let us know when you get okay. that. And I think, secondly, we had some information Bill. Yeah, you just provided some update about transportation, miles, and some vehicle information. When we'll be, uh, I think next month we'll plan on bidding those two buses with that Volkswagen grant, and the other bus should be coming in fairly shortly. All right, teaching and learning. The next up is the SAC Educational Foundation. So I was approached by Lance, and I'm assuming some of these are committee members, but they wanted to provide some information to the board from the foundation. Does it need to get any light? John, I don't know if that helps or not. Well, good evening, everybody. Um, if you didn't get a, a handout, this presentation is on uh, the handouts that are right outside the door, but I think most of you picked them up. Um, the SAC Community uh, Education Foundation is very appreciative of the board taking some time on their uh, meeting tonight to listen to some concerns and some suggestions that we have regarding academic performance um, in the district. Uh, for those of you that aren't familiar, uh, SAC Community Education Foundation has been around for about three decades and some of the things we normally do are uh, the Hall of Fame, uh, the scholarships for seniors every year, and we fulfill some of the teacher wish lists that come along. But tonight we're here to talk about um, some concerns that we have and we think are broader concerns than that, um, as you can see from some of the people who come from the communities, um, we think the level of academic performance is not what it should be in the district and that our students are coming up um, short of where they, they realistically should be. And I think it's safe to say that probably many, if not most school districts, have a lot of the same concerns, particularly in this post-COVID world, 
but we also think we need to have a, an above average school district to attract uh, students, teachers, parents, and so on, uh, particularly professionals as you're like looking to fill a, a position job. Um, the above average schools really is, is very handy in that regard. So we're requesting tonight uh, that the ESAC administration and the school board uh, develop a plan for um, improving academics within the district. And we have eight suggestions that are part of this presentation that we would ask that you think about. They certainly aren't all the answers, even if you agreed with all of them, um, they aren't the whole plan, but we think they're things to consider if you were to develop such a plan. The first suggestion is we would ask that the district fully fund the new curriculum cycle. There was a stretch where we didn't have a curriculum cycle. You know, it's very common to have one. They're usually six to seven years long. You usually look at one or two subjects a year, and then there was a gap in there. Not any one person's fault or one whatever, but we went without one. And now that one is back, we would recommend that, of course, you purchase the materials that go with that. It used to be textbooks and workbooks and all that. And that sometimes is it, but it's other things too online at subscriptions and whatever. And that's important and it's expensive. But we would ask that the district think very hard about providing the teachers uh, with time during the school year, paid time during the school year, but outside the regular school calendar. And then probably in the summertime to develop the curriculum, to sometimes to review the materials in the first place to see which one do we want. Um, there's a lot, lot, lot of work to adopting a new curriculum and then evaluating its first couple of years. So we'd ask for additional paid time for teachers for that. Um, we'd like you to, as the board administration, look very hard at our graduation requirements. Um, I, one question that came to us right away is, are they rigorous enough? I, I'm sure they meet state standards, you know, but is that a minimum that we're happy with? Um, it is concerning to us to see juniors being eligible to graduate in the middle of the year. Not seniors, but, but juniors. There's a lot of juniors that could do that. And that seems to us to raise the question of are our standards high enough for a typical kid? Um, and then it brought up some other questions too. Like, do we offer a broad enough selection of classes? Um, are we relying too much on dual credit classes? That's a wonderful thing for our, our typical kid to be able to take classes through Iowa Central, DMAC, and other places like that. But are we relying too much on those? And are we getting good data back? If a student gets a B minus in college Spanish, what does that tell us about what they're good at in Spanish and what they need to improve at? Uh, maybe we're getting more data than I'm aware of. Um, we also, from a foundation standpoint, really want to highlight the need, we think, for our writing, rigor, and curriculum to be looked at hard and improved. We see, as part of the application process from a lot of our top students, essays that could only be described as poorly written. Uh, occasionally, there's a really good one. Occasionally, there's some okay ones. And there's a lot of them that just, quite frankly, are not very good. And if that's indicating what kind of writing's going on, we don't think they're ready for post-secondary education in that regard. We would encourage the district to hire a curriculum director. We have an activities director, an athletic director who's very busy coordinating all the moving parts there. But we would recommend that we have a curriculum director to organize the curriculum because there are many, many more interrelated moving parts in K-12 curriculum than there are in athletics. Um, only a few districts our size, you know, 800-ish students, have a full-time one. There's a few in the state, but not that many. Most of them, well, it's a variety, but a lot of them do have a half-time curriculum director that they share with a neighboring district, and that brings the cost down for both districts. Of course, principals, teacher coaches, teachers should be involved in curriculum. 
they're the ones doing it. But I think in fairness to principals, their days are very, very chopped up, interrupted, whatever, and that's on a good day. If you've ever followed the principal around for a day, it's, you know, here, we'd like you to sit down for two hours uninterrupted time and look at this curriculum or look at these test scores. That's very hard to find. And so a curriculum director is somebody who could realistically do that. And we think the district should greatly explore getting one who has time to do that. Um, we would ask that the district consider additional student support throughout the year. Um, a couple of years ago, um, we did talk to the school district about a tutoring program, and I think it was received well, and we thought we could maybe find some money for it. We were unable to find somebody to run. Um, we have heard since then that there, that there are some people that might be interested in running such a program, and obviously funding would have to be found, but tutoring outside of the regular school day can help kids catch up. And then, of course, uh, we already offer summer school, but sometimes it's hard to find enough teachers to offer a lot of summer school. I think we really need to consider what we pay those people. And at this time of the year, start looking hard. Um, there's always kids that are behind in any school district in any year um, as we head into summer. But with COVID, you know, we missed a couple months and then we had kind of a, a jumbled up year the last year. Kids got behind even more in some cases. And so summer school, we think is particularly important. Of course, we know that maybe right now CARES Act, which is a lot of the pandemic type money, could pay for this kind of program for the next few years, but in the long run, it would have to be district level money that would be found most likely to support them. We would encourage the district to look at uh, better onboarding and mentoring. Uh, the mentoring and onboarding is way better than it was when I started teaching, which was zero, uh, not meaning here, but when I was in my 20s. But we would recommend that here in the district with the onboarding and mentoring start you know, as early as possible, basically. If somebody's hired in the spring, that by the time summer starts, they have a mentor assigned to them and that they are expected, both the mentor and the mentee, to touch base several times in the summer. Uh, could be virtual, could be face-to-face. -face. Um, and then, um, then if there are curricular materials available for them, which there should almost always be, that those be made available to that teacher uh, as soon as they can. And I would also like to say to extend this out to just all of our new staff. I know all of our principals here would tell you that when we hire aides and associates, a lot of those people have very difficult jobs and there just seems to be not enough time to teach them their new job, to talk about the district's expectations. So this slide probably would be better off saying uh, for new employees. The next thing we would ask is to take a fresh look at scheduling. We're moving to two buildings next year hopefully by August, if everything goes on time, but we're moving that direction. And so schedules are gonna to have to be reworked. And one thing, what can we do to make the schedule better for teachers and, and students? You know, there's always trade-offs, but one to consider would be at the 712 level, this building next year, schedule a common study hall last hour. One, now that cuts down your flexibility in scheduling, but it does ensure that if a kid says, hey, is Mr. Smith available to help me with math? Yes, he is, because everybody's available. Um, the OABCIG Middle School does this, for example, although I think it's not full, it's maybe like a half hour at the end of the day. But it would also greatly reduce missed classes. If you're a middle school student who participates in four sports, like a lot of our boys do that do both basketball and wrestling, you might miss last hour of the day 25 times a year. That's pretty significant. It'd be better if they missed study hall. That's just one possible change. We would ask that the district talk to the communities and the organizations that are present for more support. We have many groups, and I've got a bunch of them listed there. 
um, that already provide a lot of strong support in many ways, some of it academic, some of it extracurricular, whatever. But we believe that if there is a plan to improve academics, that there is more support out there from time, money, and so on standpoint from our communities, from these organizations perhaps, but from other organizations. Um, we would ask that the district uh, get more systemic feedback from our graduates. We give out, just like everybody has to, a post-graduation uh, survey that's for several years down the line. I, I know those are looked at, but I think it maybe would be better if they're looked at a little more in depth and scrutinized publicly to help decide what are our graduates ready for? What were they ready for five years out? How many of our kids have graduated from college? How many of our kids are gainfully employed? We have that data. I'm not sure we're using it as much as we should. Um, another thing that the foundation thinks would be worthwhile is getting information in person from our college freshmen. You know, when kids come back in December, they'll have a pretty good idea of what they were ready for as college freshmen. Well, some things are going to be very well prepared for, other things not so much. And that gives us some data as a district that would help us improve. So we encourage people talking to those college freshmen or the people who've gone out right into the workforce. So in summary, um, I think everybody in this room, board members, administrators, and the people who've come to listen, um, that there's nothing more important than our academic performance. And so what we're asking as a SACED Foundation is that the district develop a plan to improve our academics um, and then share that with the public. Uh, we would ask that the board and administration consider the suggestions in this presentation. And we'd like to reiterate, reiterate that the foundation strongly believes in talking to Sac City, Wall Lake, Auburn, and Lakeview, that there's a lot of support in the community for improved academics and that they will support that plan in ways they can um, perhaps financially, perhaps tutoring, perhaps whatever. Um, but we think we can do better and we're asking the board to raise the bar a little bit academically for our typical student. Any questions? I know this isn't really meant to be interactive or anything, but if there's anything that the board wanted clarified right away or anything, I'd be happy to do that before I hand the microphone back off. Yes. Can, uh, can you give us some numbers about where we stand now? Well, I think, um, you know, we, we had Iowa tests of basic development, those things for a long, long time. And probably the best we've met in the last few years would be state average at best. We have new, new tests that, of course, been only given a couple of times. And that's in the middle of the pandemic. I think the board said, uh, as we analyzed it, that they were in line with the state average in general. But it's a very short data timeline for that particular test. We'll know more in five years how we stack up. But again, is average going to be good enough for us? Um, can we settle for average? I mean, that's what our performance has been. Sometimes a little above, sometimes a little below. If I'm off in my characterizations, I think Sammy would probably be able to, is that pretty accurate, Sammy? Yeah. Our grade levels range from about 65 to about 85% at proficient level, depending on whether it's ELA, math, or science, depending on which grade level. It was shared with the board October. That's percentage proficiency? Yes. In five and 10 years ago, roughly about the same or is there? Well, it's kind of a little apples and oranges there, um, but we're measuring a little different way, but average would probably be it. And, you know, I, again, long-term trends, I mean, average is kind of where we've been. I would think I'd have to go back and look, but 
Yeah, it varies. It varies by the class and the subject, but if you looked at the overall, it was. And, but I think many of the people in this room can think back to when we were well above average academically. So can we get there again, I guess, is what the foundation is asking. Well, thanks very much for taking the time. I'd be happy. You guys all know how to get old me. Uh, everybody knows where I live, I think, and my phone number. So call if you need anything. Okay. Uh, we'll move on then to administrative reports. So who wants to go first? I can start. Right. You want to start um, we had really high attendance for our parent-teacher conferences, 98%. Um, our parents attended. We did offer phone calls and were in person. Majority were in person. Um, our teachers did a really good job of those that, for whatever reason, didn't show um, extending that next week, reaching out and having just intentional conversations um, with parents. So, um, and those are necessary conversations, um, talking about the achievement level of students and just where we're, we're at with that. So, what percent was uh, Zoom? Approximately. Less 5%, than, 8%? Yeah, I would say less than five. Most of them were in person. And some of those that we were catching up at the end ended up being phone call conversations just because, you know, it was reaching out. Um, just the teachers, again, is actively reaching out instead of saying, well, we're just going to expect the parents come to us. Um, so that was good to see. The teachers did a really nice job of that. Um, our, our goal in the spring will be 100%. So that's where we're headed. Um, our educational leadership team attended the Iowa's Best Conference in Des Moines on November 2nd and 3rd. And our big takeaways were that um, social-emotional behavioral health um, is it something that's added to our plates? It is the plate. Um, one celebration we had is it validated the practices that we worked to implement with our responsive classrooms um, model and that those are effective practices. Um, so for example, each teacher already implements morning meetings um, as part of their schedule and that gives students the opportunity to feel like they belong to a learning community. Um, Learning is, a, you know, learning isn't a competitive sport. Um, it's about how do we um, do that in a community of learners. And there's a lot that has to take place when you have 22 eight-year-olds in one classroom um, to do that. So the students have that opportunity to have their voice heard throughout the day, um, work on social emotional skills during that time. Um, there's greeting, sharing each other, and they have access to their chill chair and teachers teach how to use it. So I guess for us, it was just validating that that work has been a priority and will continue to be a priority. You know, talking about onboarding, one of the things we did this year was create a class for any new teacher coming in. And it's a district course because how do we, you know, the question we have, how do we maintain that practice? Because we know it's effective for new people coming on. So this was the first year um, that we had that available and something then that we can use every year. So the new teachers to the district, um, brand new teachers that had opportunity, um, we did pay them to come um, for that additional time because it was outside contract time um, and take that course. So um, we obviously need to keep working to get better at explicitly teaching behaviors and we'll continue to implement effective practices around that social, emotional, behavioral health needs. Um, I think what, you know, schools across the state, across the nation are dealing with the same thing. So um, I think the other thing, um, our PBIS teams are working to use data to solve problems. Our universal team shared some problem behavior data with teachers and associates. And we were able to note that the most, our highest problem behavior was defiance. Um, 
We also identified that because referrals came from more than 10 students, what that told us is it's a universal issue. So we reviewed then what defiance is, what makes dealing with it as adults difficult. And we really took away that it's our emotional response to a defiant student that can cause us to maybe um, how we resolve that problem, either effectively or ineffectively. So we did some learning on techniques um, that work best. And my goal then is to kind of get in and give feedback to teachers around reinforcing, you know, what's, what's working and what's not. So tier two team also made some adjustments to our check in check out system based on data. And one of our really our goals is, is as a school, as a building is using our data to solve problems and be more effective at doing that. So um, we made a few slight changes and we immediately saw some increase um, in the data. So we were, um, we were glad to see that. Um, I guess our goal there is really to build better systems. Um, so that, that's what we're working on. Um, and this lastly, I just kind of, I kind of piggyback up what maybe Kevin and Denny will say, but appreciate the board's support of our um, early dismissal tomorrow. I know teachers and staff are working hard and it's been a stressful year. So appreciate um, you recognizing that and supporting that. So what questions, any questions you have for me? Yeah, I'll go next, uh, picking off, picking back off of uh, what Becky had to say with the PBIS uh, systems. We're going through that same process at the middle school. Um, you can see on my uh, board report, we use our staff meetings for two different purposes this year. Uh, one is social emotional uh, learning and mental health. And the other one is uh, positive behavior intervention systems. So we take a look at that, that data, we clarify um, things like Becky was talking about, what, what defiance is, uh, getting on the same page as, as a staff, seeing what our system's issues are, and then working on those. Um, the socio-emotional learning, and, and uh, I also put something in here in my board report about mental health. Uh, we see more and more of that uh, this year, and honestly, probably in the past couple years. I think there's a couple things about that. I think there is more of it. Uh, mental health issues, but I also think it's more of an open conversation these days than what it used to be. Um, I think people are more um, less hesitant to talk about mental health and the struggles that they have because I think it's more just out there. Uh, people are more comfortable with it. Uh, we do have counseling services that come to the school through Plains Area um, uh, counseling services, so, so we do have that support. That's um, not intensive support, but it's a start. Uh, some of our students can access that. that. That definitely helps them. Other students are further along, have more intensive needs. Uh, so all the time, uh, the school is having communication with the parents of what's happening with the student, uh, what that student might need, what uh, the school has access to. Um, you know, So that communication piece is very important. Uh, the only other things that I put in the board report are a couple of things that we did for our community and thanking those uh, sponsors of these programs, the Vet State program. Uh, thanks to Mr. Sexton and Ms. Rasty for putting that on. I think they put on a very good uh, program along with our students for our veterans in our community. And then we, uh, our student council, who's led by Ms. Muggenberg and Ms. Stott, uh, did student council food drive. Uh, upcoming to Thanksgiving, uh, just to support our community and our local food bank. So, um, 
there were a couple other things in there that I just put for information for you, but uh, I'll take any questions about any of those things. When you said that uh, Plains Area has been helping on certain levels of health aspects, are they helpful if some of the student is more advanced? Are they helpful with getting you and the student and the parents other, other places to go, other phone numbers to call, things like that? Yeah, we do have a bank of, of um, you know, different services that they can get in touch with. So our, our counselors are pretty good with that, our school counselors, of, of giving them ideas. But uh, the people that we work with are, are less intensive. So, you know, they, the, the counselor that comes to the school that's outside of the school will be there once a week to meet with the student. Sometimes kids have more needs than that. So, yeah, we, we're, we're pretty in touch with parents about what other services can be accessed, but not necessarily through the school. Um, several things. Um, Becky talked about uh, parent-teacher conferences. Um, we did not have 98% attendance. Um, we tried to do some things to encourage parents to come out. Maybe somebody saw that or not. Um, our FFA group actually provided a meal on the Monday. So if the parents came, we had walking tacos. If they're waiting for to get into a teacher's classroom, there was food for them. Um, we actually had a drawing uh, for a gift basket and also uh, one pass, one uh, single pass to our activities here. If they showed up either at conferences or attended the Zoom session on Thursday, they were put in that drawing. Um, we probably had about 25 to 30% attendance, so I wouldn't call it great. I wouldn't say that it increased the number of people that we had that attended conferences. Um, but I guess you're always trying to build a better mousetrap and you never stop trying to get the parents involved and get the parents into the school building. Uh, one thing that we do, we are doing more of, less out of the uh, realm of conferences is more individual meetings. So if we know a uh, student or students are, are struggling, we try to set up meetings and we'll use our conference room to have those individual meetings. Sometimes they're more productive uh, than going through the conference. But, um, but again, we'll probably, this, we use the format of a Monday, face-to-face -face, a Thursday Zoom based on a survey we put out to our parents early on in the year, what they preferred. Uh, and we kind of got a mixed bag of what everybody would like. They had the option of face-to-face uh, -face both days, Zoom both days, Zoom face-to-face, -face, or I don't plan to attend conferences at all. Um, and so we kind of got a, some of them like Zoom, some of them like face-to-face. -face, and so that's what we went with. Um, but we didn't have a lot of Zoom sessions. I think it, sometimes it sounds like a good idea and then all of a sudden life gets in the way of that too sometimes where you can't just make that work. But, um, but again, we'll follow some more format in February then as well. Yeah, I would assume that it's just like in the past, it's the parents we need to see the most are the least likely to show up. Um, I, would, I would agree with that statement, yes. And that's why we've done more, let's, let's call them and I'll set up the meeting with them and um and have the, have those important conversations uh because you don't ever want to just give up and say well it's no use trying anymore you keep kind of trying to get them and sometimes they get a chance to to meet me or meet uh mrs Dooley or mr randolph or one of the teachers they don't they, they realize it's not such a bad situation we're out here trying to work together to to improve the academic achievement of their of their child in some cases so yeah um some other things um we got PD coming up December 6th. Um, the morning will be on portrait of a graduate. In the afternoon, we're gonna be working with our executive functions. Um, our ninth through 12th grade students took a survey 
and uh, and we asked the kids, what were some of your biggest struggles in school? And it doesn't mean like friendships or anything like that, but what are some things like, am I organized? Do I have the ability to prioritize uh, some of those, some of those bigger employability skills? And the top three uh, executive functions that, that our students in nine through 12 felt they lacked was emotional controls, number one. Uh, the second one was task initiation. And the third was planning and prioritization. And um, I would say th those are probably spot on right now in this day and age of school. Um, and so knowing that, that's gonna help us to start draw to drive, what are some things we're doing in PD to help teachers who can then help students? Uh, so uh, we've got a book that we're gonna be using called Coaching Executive Functions. Uh, and we're gonna start implementing some of those initiatives then at our December 6th PD day. A um, Couple other things here. Uh, Jessica Pierce, former graduate of Eastsac County High School, met with me last week, and the Sac City Chamber Main Street Board was looking to add a student to the board uh, to help kind of direct some of the work that they're doing. And so I met with Jessica, and uh, together we we talked about they wanted a junior um, that has close ties to Sac City and also is actively involved in things in school and things outside of in Sac City. So uh, Sammy Pullen. Uh, was one that we talked to, uh, and she was absolutely thrilled, ecstatic, and excited to get involved with that. She's uh, helped at RAGBRAI. She's often seen around the school helping with certain things, so we're excited to get her uh, involved with that. And it's also exciting when a former graduate comes back and thinks enough of the school to say, we'd like to have some input from your students. So that's exciting for Sammy as well as for the city of Sac City. Um, a big congratulations to Jackson Cromwell and vocal music instructor Jody Reese. Um, on Saturday, November 20th, uh, Jackson performed at Hilton Coliseum as one of 602 members of the All-State Choir. Uh, Beth and I were honored to attend that. Um, our tickets were up in the nosebleed section. It was about 110 degrees up there, but, uh, but it was absolutely a wonderful performance. And we're proud of Jackson as well as uh, Mrs. Reese for, for doing that and putting the commitment that it takes to get to that. And a big thank you to Chas Wilkie, who has been really an ambassador for us uh, to set up different send-offs for various people. Jackson had one, State Swim had one. We've had a lot of those types of things, so I appreciate that. Um, on Thursday of last week, our food service prepared a Thanksgiving Day meal for our teachers and students. We invited uh, uh, to the middle school and the high school, we invited law enforcement, EMT services, past graduates, uh, firefighter, Ritter Nation Reimagined Food Pantry Supervisors, just to show our appreciation for things that they do um, as volunteers often. And so it was very well, well received. And again, our food service does a nice job with that. And really, this is something that Denny and Becky have, have said. But again, thank you uh, for to the board for getting that two hour early out. Um, I'm finding out that these acts of kindness and appreciation uh, go a long way supporting teachers morale in all three buildings. So thank you, thank you, thank you for considering them. And that's been well received uh, by everybody. So any final questions for me? Thank you. First off, I'd like to thank Brent and the Chris Foundation. If you haven't been through Sac City, the electronic sign is up, it looks great. Uh, so we want to be able to utilize that to get messages out about the school. I'm taking no credit for that whatsoever. It's Chris Foundation. <laughs> Guaranteed. You're the one that I Okay, I'll take credit for asking. All right. <laughs> it, it looks nice. I've already been asked, how do we get one here at the high school? So 
that'll maybe be one of our next challenges. Um, construction, we toured the SAC building last month here. Our foreman's been ill, and so he's off, he's going to be gone for a while. So Baiting has hired another company to help set the bar joists over the commons area. So that project's moving to get the metal. They're hoping to get it in quote in another week or so, uh, so we can be ready for winter work on the inside of the building. But both projects are progressing at a, a good rate. Uh, as Lance said, we all are hopeful that we're ready to start school by August in, in our buildings. Um, John and I began working on our unspent balance projection. And so that'll be on the agenda in December. And any of you board members or any of you committee members would like to come back and just look at uh, how funding works, we would greatly appreciate that. The other thing is I listened to Lance tonight. I certainly feel that I'm open and the administrative team would be open to having discussions of any kind that we can do to improve our school. Um, we, we have many challenges, as you've heard, dealing with behaviors of students that we're trying to address. We have challenges of trying to attract and retain staff that are very difficult. We're gonna be talking about in classified, how do we fill three openings in a cook's position after Oh, within the next 30 days or so. Um, so we're open to figuring out ways that we can work together. We certainly want to make sure we're providing a great product for, for our communities as well as for our kids when they go out there in, into their lives. Um, I also want to say thanks as a board as we get into Thanksgiving. Uh, your check will be in the mail. We'll probably try to double your pay whenever we can, but it'll still be zero just in case you know that math. <laughs> but we're, we do appreciate the work that you do for us. And one of the other things I was able to find out today that uh, again, small acts, um, I contacted the auditor and found out that I think we could buy a staff shirt or some kind, but it explicitly they said the board would have to approve such a purchase and, the, and you have to get reason. Well, to help with morale is a reason that you could do some things like that. And so, as I talked with Jackie today, I think we'll at least pursue that idea um, as we move in here into the winter months. It's something we might be able to do. If I have anything else, let's say my next question. If not, we'll move on to our discussion items. First up is the discuss the OSHA mandated vaccine policies. All right, so when that was originally passed, um, it indicated that all private and public organizations were going to have to follow that if they received. OSHA, some criteria through OSHA. I was one of those states. Then it's been appealed. So as of tonight, you have some sample policies that Iowa Association of School Boards has drafted. I've been in conversation with uh, the attorney from SAI and Iowa Association of School Boards. Both organizations feel take it slow, just like we're doing. There's no sense into rushing into this, but we also need to be prepared in case it continues to move forward. All right, so then you, if there's a vaccination policy and then you could go into you know, some mask wearing requirements, then I think the bigger issue would be the testing requirements related to someone who's not vaccinated. Uh, that would be a weekly test. And OSHA said that that was at the employee's expense, uh, but that again would be something that the board would have to, to consider. I'll give you my own bias when we're paying somebody 10 or $12 an hour, and then we're going to ask them to pay for a test, find it hard 
to do when we're finding such a difficult time finding employees to begin with. Uh, but we'll, as we learn more, we may have, if it, can, if it does go forward for some reason and the timeline stay the same, we would maybe have to have a special board meeting to approve these policies. But we're not approving anything tonight. I'm here more or less to listen to the board feel about that. I think we've talked about this the last month or two, you know, where, where are you guys at your private businesses? And, and then this happens after our last board. I know I've talked to Jeff frequently about this and I, I think it's the best to kind of wait and see what happens here. Um, I think the biggest thing they're going to be looking for is, are we not ignoring this? I mean, if this goes into effect, it is a law. It doesn't matter what anybody's opinion is. So we just have to be prepped to follow what that is. Um, and at this point, held up in the court, I think we let the courts deal with it and be ready if we have to act. Hope there becomes a simple solution because it's not a simple solution in any way, shape, or form, especially with staffing-related concerns. And I know we're looking at shortfalls right now. Um, this could certainly make life a lot more difficult. And I think there's a lot of employers, myself included, that are concerned about that as well. For um, if you have over 100 employees, so I guess that's my two cents. I do know that OSHA's out and about checking businesses right now to make sure they're following the appropriate protocols that you that you have actually set forth. So, I mean, they've, they've not written any tickets to my knowledge yet, but I know they're out and about. And I think if it gets to that point, I would be, you know, if we have to go through with some policies, I think we need to kind of stick to the guidance provided. Well, that's why we pay to belong to Iowa Association School Board. That's one of the, the benefits that they provide to us. Any other questions or discussion on that for tonight? All right, we'll move on to action items. First up are the consent items. So you have minutes, bills, uh, some policies for review there, uh, the SIAC committee, and then later when we get to the organizational portion of the meeting, we'll select those board members who belong to that. We do have one early graduate. Uh, because of all those federal funds that we received because of COVID, ESSER funds, uh, the auditor, uh, we received more than 600,000. So there, there's some additional auditing requirements. Becky and, and working through one of the, the uh, uh, verifications that we have to provide to the state about the preschool program is a preschool handbook that needs to be approved and updated by the board. And then we pulled the honorary diploma as its own. The only thing to note, I, when I was looking at the preschool, it still has both elementary buildings in the contact information section in a couple spots. We may want to pull that yes. out. So thank you. Thank you. Any other questions on those consent items? If not, I'd entertain a motion. So moved. Second. Second. Motion and a second to approve the consent items. All of those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Oh, I'm sorry. Just out of curiosity, uh, was the SIAC committee one of those things? Yes. Yes. Did you look at that list? Did you go all the way through that? Were those people contacted and asked? Sarah Pieball still on the list? Oh, then the, the wrong list got down because she's not on it. You're right. Uh, I mean, the list's in the package. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Looks that, like that the list from last week. Should be back in instead of Sarah. But the looking at it, we just as administrative team, I asked to review, and that's all we did. And so if we need to make contact, I don't know that we went out making further contact. <laughs> We'll move on then and we'll go ahead and do the honorary. Uh -huh. So Kevin's going to lead the discussion on this. Uh, he was contacted and uh, basically um, it's kind of a neat story when you, when you think about a 98 year old gentleman who would like to 
uh, still have the opportunity. He regrets not even being able to graduate from high school. So I'm going to let Kevin fill in on the details. Thanks, Mr. Cruz. So last week, um, I received a phone call. Uh, I think it was on a Tuesday. Uh, and the person on the other end of the phone was Tess Gooding. And uh, Tess is, uh, lives and works in uh, San Angelo, Texas. Uh, she is a patient-aligned care team social worker in the San Angelo Community-Based Outpatient Clinic as part of the West Texas VA. Um, last, the week, the, that day, that Tuesday, she had met Donald J. Husingay and his daughter, um, and they were preparing a new patient intake with, 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 with Mr. Husingay. Um, and as they went over some of the demographics and some of the requirements stuff, uh, it got to um, highest level of education. And that's when this story kind of broke and that's when all this kind of come into play. So uh, what had happened was that uh, Mr. Huizinga was, was attending school in Auburn High School uh, and in 1943 was uh, drafted in the military and went over into World War II in the European theater. And so uh, he told Tess that one of his biggest regrets of all his accomplishments was he never graduated from Auburn High School in 1943. So with the wonders of internet, uh, Tess did some, some searching on Google probably and came across Eastat County and came across my name. And that prompted a phone call to me. Uh, and that's kind of where the story uh, began. So she's, uh, she said, would there be any way that we could somehow get uh, Donald J. Husingay a, a, uh, a high school diploma. Uh, he's 98 years old. Uh, when he was in World War II, he was the third parachute to hit Normandy Beach and spent eight months in a POW camp. And so um, obviously when Tess asked that, you don't say no, this is an honor to be, uh, to be part of this and to have, have, have a, a say or have a stake in this. So, um, so at this point in time, uh, we, where we're at right now is I actually have a National Auburn High School diploma in my possession uh, that's been given to me by several people. One of them, Mr. Kraft over here, a good friend who has been working with me on this among other people. So I've contacted John Hastins, who does all our graduation diplomas and does all of our things for graduation. And they're in the process of creating an Auburn High School diploma, uh, hopefully as original as possible, uh, with a picture of the building and all this kind of stuff. So I've got that in my possession. Uh, Craig Ornis, our Gossens rep, is uh, working on that right now. And so we're hoping in the next two to four weeks that will be done. And then we will I'll contact Tess and let her know that we're ready to, to do this. Um, when I told my staff this, uh, again, to me, I call this Iowa nice. Uh, and I'm proud to be an Iowan lifelong. And uh, so all of a sudden, teachers want to send Christmas cards. They want to write letters of thanks and stuff like that. So uh, it's definitely developed a life of its own. And so... Um, that's where we're at right now. Um, the next step is, like I said, we're gonna we're gonna wait to get the diploma, and then Tess has invited us, or maybe a uh, a group of us, to go down and be a part of the graduation ceremony 
for, for this veteran. So um, we're working on getting some of that done. Um, I, again, I have a friend who has an airplane that might be able to help me out a little bit. Um, and so, so we'll be doing, we're looking at doing that. And uh, I don't know, it's hard to describe this, what, what this has been like to, do, to be a part of this. Um, and uh, I hope the board will consider this. I know you will. Um, <laughs> but again, it's, it's, it's been an awesome experience for me. Uh, and it's been, it's been a shot in the arm, truthfully. When you have something like this, and it feels good to do something like this for a gentleman who committed his time uh, and interrupted his life goals, and let's give something back to him. You know, it's funny you talk about knowing because the unit I used to, the first sergeant and sergeant major on was uh, St. They landed at St. Lowe and then Normandy also. So that's, I mean, I've got pictures of all my kids. So I think good things that. Yeah. With that, I'd like to make the motion that we approve the honorary Mr. Jimmy. I'd like to second that. All of those in favor? Uh, Motion carries. Thank you for all your work and yep. Honored to do it. When you see him, thank you, sir. I will do that. We'll move on. The next item is discussion and or So, one of the ideas that I would like to have the board consider for our staff would be to offer an employee assistance program. I looked at a couple of companies and EFR is the company that I would recommend uh, your consideration with. I know some local uh, businesses and local schools have also recently um, signed agreements with them. Uh, there's a basic agreement and then there's, there are level two and level three and costs more. I would ask that we would just start with a basic agreement with them and see how it worked this year. Uh, but again, they would be able to provide some counseling services for staff. They could uh, uh, maybe help with some financial consultation if staff members need consultation. And it's not just for staff members. Um, as I understand in visiting with the representative, it also goes with family members. And so if, if my children were having some kind of an issue and they'd say, hey, uh, I'm Jeff Cruz's son. He works at ESAC County, but they could get some service also from this program. Um, it provides up to six sessions of services per event. And so the example is if there's a death in the family and somebody needed some emotional support for that, that's one event. If there's some other type of event where they lost their farm or they lost their business, that's another type of event where they could get six more sessions for so they're not limited to six total it's six per is there they did not say you know and again jay i don't expect lots of our staff to use it but i think it's just another resource hopefully if somebody's struggling and needs some support that it's a contact that we can provide to them and try to get them some support yeah and they will do a presentation for the That's staff, what, right? Yes, if we approve it, then I will ask them to do some type of a presentation for us. I would recommend, I've sat through their presentation, and I would recommend that we encourage all staff and possibly record that when it's done. I think it's worth their time to, to listen to it. Okay. Anyway, I would recommend approval of the, the level one service, the basic service. So moved. Second. Motion and a second to approve the employee assistance program. All of those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. So modified supplemental request for increased enrollment. So our enrollment went up this year, which was great news because we were down 
kind of go off memory about 40 students it seemed to be two years ago. And so this year we're back up a little over 20 students. And so you can make a request to the port of, to the, the Department of Ed. And what all this is, is we're asking for spending authority. And the whole budget process in Iowa is based off spending authority. Yes, cash is important, but cash doesn't allow you to spend money. You can you need to have what's called authority. And so the first one is for $162,607 for modified supplemental requests for that increased enrollment. And so I would recommend that you would approve that and then we'll go down to the, the other one for the limited English proficiency student. Second. Motion and a second to approve the modified supplemental request for increased enrollment. All those in favor? Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. So the open enrolled out students, they combine those. So that's why that's a zero this year, because if your enrollment increase, you can't get it for both. They just put that into one of the orders together. Then the, the last one is the modified supplemental um, request for limited English proficiency instruction beyond five years. In our case, that's a small number, but it's $3,035. So move. Second. Motion and a second to approve the request for limited English proficiency beyond five years. All of those in favor? Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. All right, personnel items. So John, just make sure we have we have uh, Leslie Porter as an associate, Haley Dudley as an associate, Paula Porter as a cook, Pat Gosh as a cook, have I missed any? Are there any other resignations? Do you want to do the whole personnel in one or do you want the resignation? Do them all together. Then contracts. So we have a, a Sasha Martell as an associate. We are, or I'm recommending that we change Phil Howe's duties from strictly a transportation director to a combined position of maintenance transportation and move him from an hourly rate to a salaried rate. Next, we have all groups except our cooks. Our starting pay is $12 an hour. And so associates, custodians, secretaries, they can begin at 12. Would recommend that we would move the cook starting wage to $12 an hour. Currently, it's $11.25. There was another associate on the list. Yeah, Wim Wilson. Wim Wilson. Okay. Just want to make sure. Yep. I didn't write that one. Are there any other contracts that are necessarily related to contracts? Then there's a uh, asking the board to consider. Last year we did a hiring bonus for some new staff for associates when we were having difficulty finding associates. Uh, visiting with the agenda with Jackie, um, just again trying to be creative. And maybe there are other ideas out there, but do we can we do a recruitment bonus? So for example, if uh, you know one of the cooks find a cook for us and we hire them and they're, they're a good employee for a certain amount of time and we would pay them some kind of a bonus uh, for attracting. Uh, if we're having difficulty with advertisement, that we're just not getting lots of employees, so maybe we could do some things word of mouth. We, we are going to be critical in the hot lunch program, like I said here very shortly after these, these cooks uh, resigned. And, and in visiting with them, it was just mainly the age of the employee. They, they just physically feel that they, they just can't do it any longer. And so, um, you know, maybe some of them would help us as substitutes, uh, but 
I'm not sure what we're going to do because we need to have a minimum of two cooks in each building and then especially the elementary it'd be nice to have three just especially when we're serving what what fund if we were to do a retention bonus what fund does that come out of just the general fund I was Cooks could probably come on in. Yeah, the other employees. And I don't know if you, the rest of you, have dealt with that, some kind of a bonus system. I think when we did the associates, we did 750 for three months, and then if they were prorated and it became two months, they got 500. If it was one month left, they got $250, if I remember correctly. Uh, but we, you know, other than bumping the pay a lot. And I'll be honest, I'm not even sure how much you'd bump it if it would attract a lot more employees a week. But those are things that we'll still have to evaluate how competitive we are. you have an idea what kind of bonus you're thinking about? I wondered if you did something like $500 or $750, maybe you paid it part of it if they stay a certain period of time, the other part of it if they stay till the end of the year or something. Maybe prorated it out for the employee. I wouldn't give it all up front and make sure the employee stayed three or six months before we get, we gave some out. You know, our situation, we got about six months left and then school year's over. Anybody else have any thoughts? Are you talking this would be the current employee? For recruiting, hopefully the word of mouth is trying to hit. I think it's definitely definitely time to get ideas, good thoughts. I mean, we're open to any other thoughts. How many people did we get? For the associates, it seems about three that we end up filling. One at the middle school, I know. Mm -hmm. And I think we're even attempting to advertise right for part time. So, like, even if we get somebody a couple days a week, there's. She did talk to a couple people, so I, I did get a chance to visit with her today to see if she was able to offer any of them a position. Um, well, I know she offered one, and the employee came back with a counter that said, if you guarantee me a week's vacation every other year, and I hold, held off and I said no on that to pay, well, we have personal days, so there'd be some time off that would be unpaid. And I just don't want to get in the habit that we're granting that much time off, even it puts a hardship on. We're gonna to need to do something because we can't function with that much. I mean, you have a head, cook, a head cook who's very stressed right now. So I don't know what the other options are. Probably. So is there still a hiring bonus yet? So we'd be paying both or just the well we didn't put that in the, that was just last spring, so we do not have that in place currently. How many associates cooks are we short across the district total? Well, I know we're gonna be three cooks short for sure. Chris Bulls can probably tell you how many associates that they're currently short. We're going to be good with associates here. We think, we think we'll be good with associates. And we currently have two cooks at the middle school. At the current moment, I'm good at associates. What's that? School? Um, we have one of our pairs is transferring to food service. We'll be one one pair short. <clears throat> Do you think we try hiring bonus first before we get a word of mouth? I'm open to any suggestions. I would think. Hiring bonus for a person interested in the job, you know, would be more effective than, you know, just somebody referring somebody and they get the money and not the person who actually, you know, takes the job. Mm -hmm. 
can do whatever we'd like because right now we're at i mean my first thought is is to do both to do a hiring bonus and then do the, the recruiting bonus i mean at, at current numbers you're looking at four and if you do 750 that's three grand yeah it's money but it's not a huge amount and you may not pay the recruiting bonus because if they just apply and hit the sign-on bonus and you only pay the one side. Right. So I mean, more than likely, you're not going to have all four. I mean, if, it, if it is, fine. I mean, we've got people that can go out and recruit people that can work great. And you might have some teachers that recruit somebody too. You never know. It might not just be a cook. True. I mean, it, mm -hmm. it might be a rental. <laughs> Serving lunch. <laughs> <laughs> hired through word of mouth we have gotten some leads on some parents and some teachers and sometimes when you put that information out to to your staff they have somebody in mind and at least you can follow up with a quick phone call or a quick conversation with them and the good thing is when you get that that word of mouth that person that gives you that indication that person that's recommending them has some background too on this person's skills and abilities too so you kind of get kind of best of both worlds in that too because you're sometimes you're not sure what you're going to get but when you hear that person i'd really recommend this person i know them personally and they're, they're good they're good about things like that that's that's also reassuring sometimes but uh, but i'm with jeff too though i don't think you want to pay it all up front yeah. because you'll have somebody here for two weeks if you pay it all but they'll be here for two weeks and then gone i mean i think you do it uh, maybe do it third 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 i don't know i would agree with that there's got to be at least i think ours well, my recommendation, because and then I'm open to other suggestions. My recommendation tonight is that we would do both, and I'm fine with the 750. And then John and I can figure a proration schedule that we can share with the board, uh, since we, you know, basically got about five six months of the school year. Any other questions? Another thing I wanted to throw out maybe. You do something for your car here because you're treating the ones to get here, but you're forgetting those good ones you have. Yeah, Scott, we talked a little bit about that, and that's kind of later on. We talked about creating lead positions or doing something, so that's also in the conversation. So I'm glad you brought that up. It's not something that for tonight because we haven't had some of the conversations that I want with various groups of people yet. Just timing hasn't worked out, but no, just in my head, I was thinking it might be a good plan to give every cook. Every summer, if they figure out the whole year, if you know you have them for the year, it'll be something to consider to give you know, your good employees or the ones that are there for you something. Right. You know. and, and just so you know, when we did negotiate contracts last year, we do have a little Christmas bonus that was approved for staff. So um, teachers got a, a certain percentage and classified, I think it's $125. Or something it's not a lot of money but we are trying to do some things that just encourage people to stay a big thank you to the two that are retiring though i mean i think they've had a few years of service so any other discussion on those personnel items otherwise i entertain a motion i'll make that motion and we do both okay so just to be clear resignations contracts and then the recruitment and the hiring bonus correct that's what the motion's for yes okay is there a second? Second. Motion and a second. All of those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Next up, we've got 
Any other board reports or communication items? Is Steve here? I'm just going to ask. Oh, I got He's in his office. Well, before this board adjourns, I personally want to say thank you, Jay. I think you served uh, a kind of a split term. You were on for a while, maybe off, if I understood correctly. Yeah, quite a while ago, and then was off for probably six, eight years, and then back on for another eight. So I personally just want to say thank you. And as the foundation talked about, one of the questions you almost have always asked when we've gone over the testing data was related to assessment data. And so I appreciate that, you know, you certainly have expressed a concern for that. Um, I've always felt that even some decisions that have been very difficult that we've gone through the last couple of years, you've still maintained a positive attitude and still been very supportive of the rest of the group as a board. So I, I again want to say thank you for that and, and the service that you've provided, provided to us. Then before this board retires, there's one other person to say thank you. That's Steve Newsman. You thought you had a real purpose to be here tonight? Yeah, I did. This is it. I've been working on it. A um, little background information. The reason I had Steve come to the board is Steve works directly with members of the board as part of our Buildings and Grounds Committee. And so I just felt it was fitting that the board would have the opportunity to recognize you tonight, Steve. If my date is right, I think Steve will have worked 36 and a half years in some part of our district, first starting out as Wall Lake, WLVA, then ESAC County. Um, Steve has probably coached almost every sport. I don't know about volleyball and I don't Not know about volleyball. soccer, but I think every other sport he's coached at some part of his career. And the one thing, maybe two things, Whenever Steve and I would have a conversation and he'd be frustrated or I'd be frustrated, his comment always was, it's about the kids. And that's why I'm here. I'm here to serve students. It wasn't about Steve. It was always about students first. And so there were times where I thought Steve took that too far to the extreme. I'll give you an example. He didn't get to go to one of his own grandchildren's baptisms because there was snow on a weekend. And so he was removing snow for us. Um, Yes, we're all replaceable, but there are things that Steve has done for us that we're gonna find out um, that nobody else knew because Steve just did it. So I wanna say thank you. The board can say thank you. Then we've got one of Colleen Nissen's cakes because I know we all like Colleen's cakes. <laughs> Definitely like Colleen's cakes. <laughs> that we can share. The board can say thank you. Well, first off, it's been a it's been a real pleasure for me to work with all of you. Um, the opportunity I've had to coach our kids along with my custodial position is just it's been awesome. Um, and hopefully I'll still get to continue to do some coaching because I really love to do that. Uh, it's going to be extremely different for me. Um, I'm used to being here six to seven days a week. Um, to my both my daughter-in-laws don't believe I'm actually retiring. They're going to be here the day I finally walk out just to see if I actually do it because they don't believe I'm going to do it. Um, and it'll be hard, but it's time for me to do some other things. I've got five grandkids that I need to start chasing around and some other things. So, but I just want to thank you for all the opportunities you've given me. Um, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I will be a very avid Raider backer, whether I'm here or not. 
and I will do everything I can for the school district. So I thank you for everything you guys have done for me also. Thank you very much, Steve. We appreciate all your work. And I know these last couple of years, as we've transitioned with this building, we put in a lot of extra time uh, with Jay and Brent on the committee, you know, talking through these new buildings. And I, hopefully, uh, you'll certainly be welcome back once we open those buildings up. And hopefully, you know, uh, it's a great time to, time to be able to see this. Looking so forward to seeing what it's done. Yeah, getting those definitely. Where we are. Yeah. yeah, thank you very much. Um, keep your cell phone on. I did promise I would do that, yes. We are going to have a, a gathering on December 17th. That's Steve's last day here at the end of the day uh, for students and staff to, to thank Steve for his service. I think some of, if you don't know Steve's mother, I know her very well because we go to the same church. Um, she, she was in contact with us now. What are we doing for Steve? What are we doing for Steve? And so... We're saying yes, yes, yes. What are we doing for Steve? We need to do something. And so his family, I'm thinking, will be a part of that on the 17th also. Um, so if, if your schedule's free, um, and then the cook who's retiring, we're having a little program on the 21st or 22nd of December at the elementary for Paula also. What time do we do this thing on the 17th? Around 3 o'clock in the afternoon, towards the end of the day. Yes. So as another part of appreciation, Jay. Steve, you'll get your other gift on the 17th. Thank okay. you very much, Jeff. Thank you. Now, I did make him come under false pretenses tonight to at least share a little bit about some buildings and grounds projects. So he went to some work. I think maybe give him a couple minutes to share some of that. If you want me to do that, I'd be glad. Kind of an update of some things that, that Brent, Jay, Jay, and I have been working on and we talked about. So roughly a year ago, we ordered a new flatbed car trailer. I'm glad to report two weeks ago, we finally got it. So at the same time, we also ordered a new pickup for the school district as we're in dire need of one. Uh, we don't have that yet. We're about, uh, we're a little over, we're right at a year out. And I've been told it could be another two, three months. So I probably won't get the ability to be the first one to drive that, I don't think. So um, we did purchase a skid loader that we're going to put at the elementary center. I looked for that to be in here around Christmas. Uh, they told me it'd be about two months out, and I ordered it about uh, five weeks ago. So I appreciate the board's support on that. Um, when I first started moving snow in Wallway, I had to go to the farm and bring my own tractor loader in because at that time we didn't have anything. Um, and I didn't have a cab, so it was quite the experience. And then when the first tractor I ever had at Wally did not have a cab and we just had a blade. So you got to learn to improvise. So when I finally got something that had a little protection around that the wind wasn't ripping you apart, it was kind of fun to have that. And so I appreciate the board stepping up and giving us some good equipment over the past few years. We've updated our fleet. Uh, when you're out moving snow at four in the morning or five in the morning, it's nice, nice to stay warm when you're out there going after it. So we hope to have that by Christmas. One of the big projects, and I didn't bring a lot to the view as a board because of the fact that we'll be emptying a building this summer, and that's going to take a lot of work and some time. But one of the things we talked about was we've got to do something with the area we're sitting in right now if this is going to become a performance center. So right now, up on the stage, we have storage up there. Uh, football storage on one side and we have dress for less and miscellaneous on the other side. 
that will disappear. I have recommended that we paint the back wall completely black because right now it's kind of an aqua blue and it doesn't really fit with anything at all. You'll see the tear in the valance above the curtain. We have a new valance that will be up before we come back after Thanksgiving. Mike and I are going to work on that Tuesday and Wednesday and get that replaced. One of the things that we're going to have to do, or like I should say we have to, but it's been suggested to do. I've met with Jody and Fine Arts. Um, I've had some people look at the floor up there and the front of the stage and it needs some work. I mean, it's original, it's pretty beat up. And so I've got some cost estimates of what that'll take and what that'll amount to is we'll take the front of the stage off, put new wood on there um, and then refinish the floor. So it'll be a nice maple floor for anyone to perform on. Uh, they've suggested that we get some portable lighting that we can either put on the front or we can put in the back. We do not have any curtains except the front ones. So one of the suggestions they have is four angle curtains, two on the side, one back curtain, but the back curtain is actually something that I just learned today. They call a sight that it drops down and it's white, but your lights will illuminate in any color you want. So if we're doing a Christmas concert, they could do a green light with a red light and have Christmas um, colors or whatever time of year it is. They're really excited about that. I don't have a price on that yet, but it's something that I will look, we'll look at and get more information to you as a board. The PA system in the middle school, we think is accommodating in here. And so, and we already have a decent um, PA system in the elementary gym at Sackford for concerts there. So I don't foresee us having to spend a lot of money on audio. We're gonna try to get these working again up here, these spotlights, so we can use these also. We still have the, the control panels for them. And one of the other things they did ask and, and suggest if we do is at the top of the bleachers here, right in the center of the gym, if we kind of just build a control box for who's ever operating the lights and the audio can just sit in that area during a performance. It will take a little bit of seating away, but that they, they have the perfect seat, they have the perfect place to listen and they can adjust everything from there. So that's something we will look at. I've talked with, with Mr. Cruz and Mr. Kraft about buying new chairs rather than just throwing a folding chair in here for people to sit at. And we would also use them for graduation. So we've got, uh, Three different chairs we're looking at. One we've completely ruled out because John says it makes him feel like he's going to sit and eat a hamburger or a french fry and it's just really uncomfortable. He doesn't want to sit very long in So <laughs> the other two have more padding and are a little more giving if you're going to sit for performance and stuff. So we will get more information on those two. Um, we're looking at purchasing maybe 200 of those chairs. And then also we're going to add some handrails to these bleachers um, just for it's easier to get up and down. So that's kind of what we're looking at. That, that's the big project for this summer that we've looked at. Um, we have four restrooms down this freshman hallway here that we're looking at putting just new, new countertops and sinks in like we did in our restrooms over here. Just update them. They have new partitions in, but just to kind of give them a little bit different look. Um, working with the staff to take the floor all the way down to the grout tile and, and then uh, put some fresh finish on that and see what that looks like just to get these bathrooms classed up a little bit here. In the middle of the elementary building, um, replacing the carpet in the secretary's office and the nurse's office and that short hallway to their lounge area and stuff, that's been there a very long time. And if you can imagine how many ill and sick students find their way into those two offices over the course of the year, I don't really want to see what's in that carpet, even though we clean it all the time. I just feel we replace it and they'd be great with that. 
we also have some linoleums in linoleum and some restrooms in the classrooms up there, especially in the lower elementary, um, where sometimes our targets aren't very good. And we just need to replace it because it's gotten into the linoleum. We just, it's, it's time. So not a huge cost factor, but something that I think will make a great addition to that building up there. Uh, talking with the city up there, we'll probably look at repainting the parking lines on the parking lot up there at the elementary. They're really good about helping out with that. I told we coordinate that. One thing I worked with Mr. Cruz on, as everybody knows, getting supplies is getting pretty ridiculous. If you can get them, the price is skyrocketing all the time. And so I visited with my suppliers and then I talked to Jeff and John and we've gone ahead and ordered what I think is enough to carry us well into next school year as far as staples with disinfectant, toilet paper, cleaning towels, garbage bags. And the good news with that, we can use a lot of that with our ESSER funds. So we don't have to take that out of the general fund. And we agreed it was a time to do that. And just to give you an example, the, the pop-up towels that we use to clean classrooms and what we use to clean all over the place, I can buy them for $62 a case. Well, they've jumped to 82.50. And if you lay in a hundred cases of that, well, that's $2,000 right there. So I was able to hold the price at what I paid for them originally. And I'm right now where the prices are at, I'd probably save the district two or $3,000 just now. And I, and I hate to think what it's gonna be by, by spring if we can get some of the things. So I think we'll be in good shape that way. Um, COVID's not gonna go away. So we need to keep just fighting it like we have been. And we're in the middle of flu season. So we're attacking that now too. So that's kind of some of the stuff that we're working on. Um, there's a lot of smaller projects that, that we'll get in, but. This was the area that I really tried to focus on because if we want to make this a nice fine arts area that we're going to have to spend a little bit of money on it. So if anybody has any questions, I'll be glad to answer them if I can, or and in the meantime, I'm still gathering information. I'll have more stuff for you. Okay, we'll keep pursuing it then. Well, the cake is for you and Jay. So before you guys get out of here tonight, there's cake or some cookies, whatever you like. I don't need anything. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not gonna eat unless you do. <laughs> Colleen will have her if you guys right. some of her. <laughs> so I think what we'll do is we'll go ahead and entertain a motion to adjourn. So moved. Second. All those in favor? Aye. We'll take like a five minutes. We'll take a little bit of a break here to have cake, and then we'll come back for our organizational meeting. I will call the organizational meeting to order. And John, you can do roll call. Jim, can you hear me? Mark's here, Jackie, Lori, and Okay. Next, we need a motion to approve the organizational meeting agenda. So moved. Second. There's been a motion, a second. Any discussion? If not, all in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Uh, John, can you uh, present the canvas of the election results for the board to approve? Yeah, we have Grand Wilhelm, 584 votes, Jim Wall, 767 votes, 27 miscellaneous votes. Brent and Jim are duly elected to the Office of Director at Large, Eastside County School District. Recommend a motion to accept the canvas as John provided. 
There's been a motion. Is there a second? Second. I have a motion to second. Any discussion? Not all in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion passed. John, would you? I think John's already issued or read the oath of office to Jim, I believe. Right. Um, Jim's here electronically due to an illness. Um, Jim took the oath of office earlier today, so that's been administered. So this will be to the other four board members. You solemnly swear to support the Constitution of the United States, the Constitution of the State of Iowa, and that you will faithfully and partially to the best of your ability discharge the duties of the Office of Director of East County Kansas School District is now or here as required by law. And so say I will. Next, we will accept nominations for the ESAC County Board President's position. I nominate Jake Mayer President. Second. I also move nomination C's. Assuming you're second. Yeah. Also. We have a motion for Jackie Mailer and also that the nomination cease. Um, is there any discussion? Not all in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries and the meeting is now yours. We'll move on to the election of board vice president. Entertain a motion for that. I make a motion for Brad. I'll second that motion. Second. Any other nominations? Please. I'd entertain a motion for nominations to cease. I make that motion. Second. There's a motion and a second for Brent Wilhelm as vice president of the board. All of those in favor? Aye. Uh, opposed? Motion carries. <coughs> On to the oath of. Yes. So for Brent and for, or for Jackie and Brent as president and vice president, you solemnly swear that you will support the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of the state of Iowa, and that we're faithfully and impartially to the best of your ability. Discharge the duties of the Office of President and Vice President in the East County Community School District is now directly referred by Okay, the rest of these items we can take care of in one motion, but we're going to go through them all and see if we got people who want to serve on various committees. Also, to make sure what night that you would like to hold the board meeting. So, currently in board policy, our board meetings are the third Monday of the month. Uh, beginning at 6 o'clock p.m. and generally they're here at the high school. Does any does that work? Which we have up our new member. Jim, did you hear that or not? Yeah, does that work for you? Yeah, he says that works. Okay. Next, the con the Sac County Conference Board uh, appointment to that, and then Jason had served on that committee in the past. We'll need somebody new for sure. And when you ask me what do they do, I honestly, I never attended one, so I don't know what. They set the uh, assessors uh, salary. 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 salary budget. It's them, the school uh, mayors, school board, school, or school, school board, city mayors, and then the uh, board of supervisors. Okay. Three different groups that represent. So I cannot do that. I, I used to do it all the time, but I cannot do it. Jim, do you have any interest in serving on the county conference board? It would be one or two meetings a year, correct? Two, two meetings two. a year at the county level. If nobody else is interested, you get paid. You get paid. It's the only thing you get paid for. 
right, so right now we have Jim as a possibility. Uh, Lori, you served on the ISB delegate, and you know the it's a little difficult because the that's here next week or so. So I don't know if you were able to attend or not, but that will be coming up uh, like the 17th. No, it just happened. Yeah, just over. Yeah, yeah, it just was over. Yeah. No, I wasn't. Okay. I would still be interested. Um, in being that. In being, I do follow them on your website, and okay. so, like they do some podcasts and stuff. Okay. So unless there's anybody else, Lori would be interested in that. Jay and Jackie served on the school improvement committee that Dale pointed out that I did do a very good job proofing. Uh, so for sure, we need to get somebody on for Jay. Yes, that's I. What, what would that involve? Depends. Uh, you have to meet at least once a year by code, but we've been working on portrait of a graduate uh, work throughout that process. Um, so I would see we've met once this year, twice, I can't remember, twice, once this year, and we met a couple times last year. So I would see one, maybe two more meetings, and they're generally in the evening where we'll finalize some of that portrait of a graduate work that we've been doing. And do one to three meetings a year with other community members and staff members. Right. About school improvement. We'd like to do that. And would you like to stay on that or would somebody else? Somebody else. I mean, I'll I stay. think you've been doing a great job here. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Jackie and Jim. Next is the Materials Reconsideration Committee. This is if somebody challenges a curricular material that we have, oftentimes the library book. But it could be any other curriculum that you're teaching. Uh, Mark has served on that and Brent. And I think I've said this in the past. I don't believe I've ever had to use that committee. But if you do, it could be a wing dinger of a meeting, so to speak. So I'll stay on the committee. And do you want to stay as the alternate? Yes. Okay. Negotiations for both classified and certified have been Jackie and Brent in the past, and Lori was an alternate. She keep that the same. Okay. Jim, okay with that? Keeping it safe. Are you okay if uh, negotiation sticks with labor and go on? That's fine. Okay, buildings and grounds. So that's what Steve has worked with this committee. Uh, Jay did serve on that with Brent. So we'll for sure need one more person, in, uh, possibly, but I'd like to have two people on that committee. So anybody else besides Brent? Jim, okay. AEA board member district eight, Lori, have you ever been contacted for anything? Okay, I'll let them know, but again, I don't know how often that they speak. Kids World has been Lori. Okay. SAC Community Center Board Representative, that's also been you. Um, the SAC County Reef Commission Representative has been Mark. Okay. And this last one is a one that I'd like you to maybe consider because we have so much ESSER funding for the next couple of years. Uh, I think it would be a, a temporary position for a couple of years and then when ESSER funding is done, it would go away, but just to help us prioritize. So when you think about the foundation and some of the things they talked about, certainly there are some things that we could do with ESSER funds to, to address uh, some of the concerns for us. Is there anybody, or do you want us just administratively to move forward? I, I'd be happy to help if we need somebody. Jackie? Jackie and Brett? Okay. John, did you get 
this again from here and then go from there. Board meetings will be the third Monday at six o'clock at the high school. County Conference Board will be Jim. ISP Delegate will be Lori. School Improvement Committee will be Jackie and Jim. Materials Reconsideration will be Mark with Brent as an alternate. Negotiations Committee will be Jackie and Brent with Lori as an alternate. Buildings and Grounds Committee will be Jim and Brent. ADA Board Member District 8 will be Lori. Kids World Rep will be Lori. SAC Community Center Board Rep will be Lori. County Grief Commission Rep will be Mark. And the ESSER Funding Committee will be Jackie and Brent. Everybody jump a little bit so I'd entertain a motion to approve that list that John just read. Only motion. Second. Motion and a second to approve all the committees and the time and our move forward meeting. All of those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. So your next meeting is scheduled for the 20th of December. I think that's the week uh, of Christmas uh, break for us. We go through Wednesday that week or something. I can't remember for sure. Anyway, so it'd be that Monday of that week. A uh, couple of agenda items, if they're ready, would be the drop-off prevention application. That's usually December, January. Uh, bus bids uh, should be available for us at that meeting. And then if we're going to proceed forward with some kind of a staff recognition shirt or something, I would have that on that agenda. Then, And then the last thing, if we had to move on OSHA, remember, we might have to have a special board meeting uh, if that continues through. And I, again, I would communicate the necessity to do that. Well, let us talk a little administrative about it tonight, and then we, I think, yes, we need to communicate some things back. There are a few things in there that we are currently doing, so just bring people up to date of what we're doing, and certainly we're, we are open to how do we make this better. There isn't anybody in this room that doesn't want to try to make things better. Um, and I, I'm not, I don't want to make excuses, but it's also a, it is a difficult time, as we know, just in, in hiring. That's one thing. So we need to do a great job of onboarding, for example. And how do we keep them, keep them here? Uh, because that is a difficult, uh, difficult task. One other question as we kind of roll into December. The last few years, we've done kind of like a little goodie bag or something. Would anybody be interested in delivering those? Last year, we, went, we couldn't go into the building to take them around to every staff member. Um, I think